0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast here on this Wednesday, the 15th. It actually has been about a week since we came to you guys last. We know the game last Friday. I can't believe it's been five days already since then. in the dub that we had against Queens to get us to two and oh, I'm Nate my joined by Noah Lurch and Noah will treat this one just like the first one. We know Queens is a good team, but we know these first couple games, we need to treat it as such. Like we got the job done. Let's talk about things we liked and let's move on. And we have a game coming up tomorrow. We'll talk about it at the end of this, about equal with the team we beat on Friday, Noah, but it was a good win. Um, nonetheless, yeah, we got the job done. There's some people saying we played good It's like, yeah, we did, but we did what we were supposed to. Do. What's going on?
1: Yeah, we got to see uh, a decent crowd there for Friday night. We talked about what we should expect against a Queens team and um, thought it would be a little closer, maybe pull away the second half, but I did not expect it to end like end up like it did. So um, great to see that they improved from gate, game one to game two. So hopefully they've done that for tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, There were a lot of things we liked that they did definitely improve on. Um, and there were some other also some things we didn't like. We kind of at the moment of when the game was over and talking like through this past week or this week so far was like, maybe are they starting to figure out some crunching of certain you know rotations that we'll dive into that at some point here to say, well, it's not exactly clearly it's only two games and you're not doing that officially, and we're maybe only phasing out one guy as such, but um. Yeah, we were six and a half point favorites. You told me that initially, you know, leading up to the game, and it was kind of shocking. I was like, oh, I can understand it. Queens is a solid team, and second game of the year, how we're viewed, blah, blah, blah. But uh, we covered, and that's safe to say in this one. But I mean, Noah, throughout, it was a game that we saw the same starting five per usual. And, um, Close at first. They scored first off a free throw. And just because it reminded me of that exact play, we fouled way too many times in this game. And that's something that in garbage time near the end, you saw a lot of It's like, let's just all – everyone just wants to leave, get through, get the win, too many fouls. But uh, that's how they got on the board first. But, no, we saw, like I said, same starting five, but we saw Trent Brown guarding their best player. We saw just those kind of matchups that – we like to see from the beginning X has slow starts offensively and I guess turnovers and shooting at the start, he exploded in the second half. He wasn't the worst, I suppose, but no, I think, you know, we'll go through kind of the players again, you know, and we'll obviously the wider scope of it. Um, but so far through two games, no matter who it's against, simply like the offense is flowing pretty well. We mentioned how there's been stagnance and hesitancy in the last game and saw that still in this one. But even when X was struggling, other guys were picking them up. Um, what are some initial things you like, Noah? At a, you know, in this game, whether you you can go ahead and look at box scores, you can do anything you want. Talk about the things you did like, and then we'll dive into a couple players. Also, what we like to see if how many improved, and then obviously later we'll talk about what we like to see from them in the next game. But what did you like at the start of this game?
1: Yeah, just right away. Obviously, starting the same guys, and right away getting to see. Uh, Clarence get going in a little bit, and Troy, um, off a pass from Trent, got a good dunk to ignite the crowd and kind of a little bit of a slow start, but, um, got to see AJ be aggressive right away. Uh, missed a three, but Scotty got a rebound, and AJ got it back, and he got fouled, got to get to the line. Got to see him and Scotty being aggressive right away, um, and X getting downhill too, so. Guy's getting downhill. We need to get to the rim this year. We need to shoot with some more free throws. We know Queens was um, really good, really good at it last year. And there's a reason why they're getting to it. I think they ended up with 25 attempts from the free throw line that night. And we ended up with 23. If we can get to the line and shoot 19 to 23, we're going to be just fine.
0: Exactly. That was going to be one of the biggest takeaways at the end of this. Was we were much better at the line this game than the than the past one. Like we said, the, the things we probably wouldn't like overall, just saying it is just the fouls. But that again, that's garbage time feeding into some things. We there are some guys that are kind of foul foul heavy. But in terms of player wise, like we said, X struggled. He exploded in the second half. He had seventeen in the second half. He had like I want to say six straight to kick off the half before we kind of exploded on him. Uh, we mentioned how Trent was guarding. He He had nine at halftime. Ended up with nine, but we said he was on their best player, making them force tough shots. And Trent just looks great. He he made three threes, and he's defending. He is. He's back to his arguably his first couple years. You know, obviously with health and everything, and experience. Trent looks great. He will be a clear weapon for us this year when we need it most. Um, You know, we saw you know Troy still. Troy was really three happy in this game. One for five. Uh, it seems like anytime he had any space, he let it fly. And again, we, we want to see Troy be more offensively aggressive. Some people deeming him the next, uh, Marcus in some ways, we know who that is already, but he's not that he just needs to play his game, play smart and do his thing, not do too much. And he kind of did in this one, but it's fine. It's a game you can afford to, you get some shots up against an opponent like this. You mentioned free throws though, in general, yeah, AJ seven of nine himself, X was nine of nine. That helped his total near the end of it. But there weren't a whole lot of guys that shot threes. Actually, just three guys. Scotty, three of four. Love to see it. So yeah, actually, four guys shot free throws. Clarence had one and missed it. Clarence did bank in a three in this game as well. Or that was in the previous game. Sorry. Um, just think us off the rip. But Scotty, 15, 6 of 10. They had a uh, they had a giant center on their end for Queens. And Scotty struggled a little bit at the rim. He got blocked a couple times, and we were we were saying that if another thing Scotty wants to mightily improve on, it's pump fakes. And it's, it's you know, finishing the left hand, like we said the last game, and toning down his energy just a tad for foul purposes. Uh, but definitely using the pump fake, you know. So seeing him score the way he has has been incredible. Uh, other than that, not a whole lot of did anything. It, it's, it stinks seeing. Uh, And also about some of these deadly guys, some of these role players, and we'll just factor this into this rotation that we'd like to see. You know, we did see RJ get seven points on three of six shooting. He did do it against bench players. He was a minus nine in the game. That was the worst on the team. Um, And again, along with the first game, you see him kind of – his mannerisms are weird. He kind of looks like he doesn't belong out there. Until he – he made a three at the top of the key. He did defend. He got a steal. He had some bad shots at times as well. Um, But – Overall, no, I mean, him, like I said, we. I feel like for him getting seven points, no matter who it's against, gives him confidence if he does come into games. And because he's, again, the last one off, that uh, mentioned rotation crunch. He seems like the only one, Noah, at where it stands now still with no Jarrett, that he deserves the, the less amount of minutes. Everyone else on this team so far seems like they deserve a lot of it. Noah, your thoughts on that? And then maybe Trey and Kennard's game and even – our boy Jovan still being his steady stuff any everyone else there that what what you liked from the game or didn't like
1: yeah definitely um thought we'd see we talked about it after the first game thought we'd see Trey be more aggressive and obviously averaging 10 as a freshman um where he was last year I thought he'd be able to score a little bit easier um but he's definitely a high assist guy and that's great having two point true point guards like that um, then obviously Yovan being it, um, one of three from three that game. it was four or six from the field, just rebounding and playing defense. Really good to see Kennard, uh, O of two, um, from the field. Like to see him get his first points here at some point. Hopefully it comes tomorrow night. Um, but those three guys and just those role players. I mean, Scotty, I mean, Scotty leading the team and, field goal attempts is pretty crazy. You no, know, it's only by one beating out a couple of guys, but he's going to, I mean, he's going to get the chances and he's going to get fouled. So he he's going to be in your top three leading scores at this rate. If he keeps it up and keeps getting the opportunities.
0: Love it. And again, demon him so far this year as an X factor, he got 19 minutes. If that, if that's consistent, mention pump fakes and free throw shooting, he will be elite. And, you know, if he puts up numbers, who's to say he can't make a most improved team, you know, for guys that get valuable minutes on each team. And, depend, you know, obviously off of if Scotty, who, you know, injury aside, was going to play last year, but now he's going to get tons of minutes. And if his numbers are pretty good, it's like, well, he didn't do much last year for whatever reason. But the jump it puts you in those kind of conversations. So just a massive game from him, no doubt. And we'll expect it again. That 19 minute mark we like to see him and Clarence trading off, you know, their energy, they're high-fiving each other when they come out, you know, come out for one another. So that's awesome to see their chemistry is good. We actually saw them together for the first time ever, probably the last time ever in a game, to, you know, all depending what matchups are the rest of the year. So, you know, we didn't really get to fully see what that could be in terms of, you know, Clarence, the trailer, Scotty. it can work a little bit. I, I I feel like I want to trust Clarence's passing a little bit. That's a little bit left to be desired, but he needs to be that multifaceted guy, yeah, Trey needs – he still needs to do more than being an assist man, as we know. He needs to – we saw him back down a guy in this game. He needs to get to the rim, as we've said, use the floater, not rely on any – just kind of be that and clearly just take care of the ball. Uh, and you mentioned Jovan there. He just steady. He's a guy we can count on 100% the rest of the way. Just some other tidbits. Uh, so, we, yeah, we did have four players in double figures. The offense assisted on 23 of its 32 made field goals uh x had seven assists in this game and we had 46 points in the paint the last time we did that was 50 came in a game in 2020 uh so overall just we liked what we saw just again the fouls but that's just touchy stuff other than that offense looks pretty good and we'll see how it is over the course of time here even after this game when we start to play a lot better teams what our offense can do but it looks good so far it looks pretty widespread of the main guys who get minutes in this game um uh, You know, some other things that we saw on this one, you know, Kennard would have gotten garbage time at the very end, along with, you know, how else that he played, but he was talking to Riley there. We noticed at the end, maybe he was dealing something, maybe a cramp or two at the end. Uh, So we'll monitor that. It'll be six days between games. So surely he will play. We clearly would love to see him constantly, uh, you know, in every game, let alone these first three, which is, you know, notable getting young guys into these games you expect to win pretty decently. I mean, no, to fully round out this game before we move on here. If you were to pick some dogs of the game, who would you choose who stuck out to you the most?
1: Yeah, definitely uh, in this game, I love love what I saw out of X, obviously, to lead the way. Um, but I, I'm going with Scotty. I mean, 15 and 6 off the bench, he's going to be that spark plug. I mean, he's coming in and he's getting dunks and it just brings energy to the team. And the way he plays, yeah, I mean, he, he, I don't think he – He got his first foul, and this was late in the game when he got that first foul. I think it was under a minute left or something. It was a late ticky-tack foul. Just let him make the layup because it was over at that point. But uh, I love what I see from Scotty and and this team improving. The way they're moving the ball, I mean, having a 23-7 to assist to turnover ratio as a team, not going to expect that big of a margin every game, but that's really good, and causing 16 turnovers for the other team forcing 16 turnovers is really good defensively so I would go with Scotty in this one but X was great as well
0: no doubt again X exploded in the second half there were some other things here from that game uh, of where we kind of rank but and I know again whoever we play but the uh the notable things through the first two games I had it here about even you know just some quick national rankings that's the app comes up with, but I can't get it to load. So I guess who cares? I guess it doesn't want me to say it. And that's reasonably so, uh, or I'll have it here in a second. Give me one second. Uh, all, we have 38 assists, uh, 38 assists through the first two games and 19 assists per game ranks 33rd nationally. We have a great assist to turnover ratio. It's tops in the Missouri Valley 13th national. It's 2.24 assists to turnovers. We've turned the ball over only 14 17 times in 80 minutes. That is getting up for 20th best nationally. There's a lot of other stats. And, again, no matter who we play, because there's other teams, which, granted, we'll get to some other games. You know, Valley Valley teams, you know, a couple have dropped a couple because there's they're actually playing good opponents. So there's a little bit more um, swayed in that way compared to us. And then, of course, something that maybe could come to an end is just, you know, acknowledging 21 straight home game winning streak and non-conference again. Really tough non-con home game, but we expect to drop one or a couple of those. So that streak will come to an end at some point. If it doesn't, then look out. Uh, So just some notable things to take here through the end. Um, Now, I think let's talk about, you know, uh, we'll get to recruiting in a second. Let's dive into what other teams had going on. We'll get to former dogs, what they did as well. But what else did Valley teams do recently?
1: Yeah, there's actually – I got one turned on the TV right now, Illinois State, um, just to go over on what's happening tonight. But Illinois State is hosting Eastern Illinois. They're up 46-38 uh, as we speak. Um, then Evansville staying undefeated, going on the road and beating and blowing out the defending OVC champs, SEMO. It is 76-57 with eight seconds left. That game just ended, went final. Toomey was great in that one, 20 points, 10 of 12 from the field. Humrich is really good, 18, 7 of 10 from the field. Just really good. I mean, Sh- Strawbridge, 8, 7, and 5, struggled shooting a little bit. But they have a really good team. They're improved from last year. So um, Ragland does a re- has done a really good job. Um, last night, Indiana State beat IUPUI 96-57. Belmont blew out a non-Division 1 team, 93-59, without K. Tyson. Do not know exactly, know the injury there. Drake didn't uh, have Darnell Brody or Ethan Roberts still, but they blew out a non-Division 1 team last night. Tucker still, lead. I think, going into the night, he was leading the nation in points per game. UIC goes on the road, cross town, and beats Loyola, 72-67, that's a big win for the Flames and the Valley, just to rub it in Loyola's faces for leaving. Still, Western, a team we beat or supposedly beat, that's what we heard. And a secret scrimmage goes on the road in a rival, uh, a rival game, a rivalry game against Murray. Beats Sim 86-81. Rob Perry had twenty one in that one. Bradley stays undefeated at home, eighty six sixty three. Um, um Al- Almar. Adelson, eighteen points to lead the way for Bradley. They're without, uh, I think somebody in this game. Maybe, never mind. Duke Deem did play. He was rumored not to play. Then, you and I uh, blows out a non-division one without Bowen Bourne, um, who's potentially could be out. Supposed to be back next week, I think. Then Valpo beats Green Bay, a team we want to keep track of. I think Foster Wonders. Ended up with eight points in this game. He's shooting 45% from three this year, so really good for Foster. But Valpo gets a win, keeping keeping looking good. I mean, Jackson Edwards and Isaiah Stafford are a he- heck of a backcourt and wing combo for the Valley.
0: No doubt. expect – you know, Jackson's not new to the league. He was in the league last year, but Isaiah definitely will be in the running for a newcomer stuff because they will definitely lead the way. Um, it's a good bounce back for them beating a good, we like to think good green Bay team because they lost to the team, Indiana state crush and IUPUI. So a good bounce back there. I watched, I watched the last couple minutes of Western and Murray. Western did pull away. Uh, Sean Walker had some bad shot attempts and they just kind of kind of lost it, I guess, in that sense. And that one good for UIC getting that win. Marquise Kennedy getting that dub at his former team. They spoke to him after the game. Um, and even going back to, um, Let's see the games from uh, earlier in the week. Monday, it was just uh, Missouri State beat Oral Roberts. We talked about, you know, they played them last year. It's their kind of home and home that they had. They crushed them. We know that Oral Roberts is not the same team they used to. Uh, Some notable, uh, I mean, Bradley winning in overtime against Utah State on Saturday by six in overtime. And then. Slew with a returning Kendall Lewis and Burford, lost by nine against uh, against Slew. Dalton had 17 in that game, we think. And then a lot of other games that went on. Indiana State, of course, lost to Alabama, put up a good fight until the very end, lost by 22. Furman killed Belmont. But you're right, though, not seeing a lot of these guys play recently due to its injury or whether it's something else. We'll monitor that in the coming days um, yeah, Ethan Roberts must be hurt because he's not playing. He he assuredly should be playing at this point. Not sure what that's all about. Like I said, injury-related more than likely. You mentioned the games tonight. Timo definitely will have a down year. It's kind of just because we you because know, we don't play them, but just looking at their roster, it's not the best. Now they're 0-3 after getting killed by Evansville. Yeah, at home. So either Ev- I th- we think Evansville is going to be a little better this year, clearly. And Bel- hey, them and Balpo show signs. So maybe the bottom of the league won't be like the worst in the world. BMO's going to have a down year after making the tournament. And and EIU was beating Illinois State at one point um, before they took the lead. Yeah, no Kendall Lewis or Burford for them in that game. So um, that's a lot of what they had been doing. And Marcus and Lance-wise, Marcus had 18-6 and in Illinois' loss last night to Marquette in a really good game. Um, Marcus had a lot of great moments, of course, in that one. And Lance had 8-5. and When Purdue beat Xavier, Purdue actually plays against Zaga coming up, so more great opportunities for Lance. I mean, he's still – both of them are starting, both doing their thing, as we've continued to say. So, But the fact that they did it in, in this recent tip-off, whatever they call it, they play Big East teams. Um, both did pretty well. Um, other former Salugans that we said we wanted to talk about, Steven had eight points in the W when Weber State beat 23rd, 23rd-ranked St. Mary's recently, and then Kyler had three and eight and a loss when they got crushed by Tennessee. I guess we don't have to talk. We just like Steven a lot, not saying we don't like Tyler. I guess we don't have to talk about those guys. It's more of Dalton and Foster because they just left the team. The others have been gone for a while. Noah, quickly, uh, recruiting updates. Um, We didn't really acknowledge on the last one. You said right after we got off of, like, this being the first time, we haven't had an early signing period for anybody in a recruiting class under Brian which is definitely notable. We know we're still in on some guys, but we're, we we have a feeling twenty twenty four is bleak at this point. Know your thoughts on that, and then what everything else that's happened. New visit, and then a couple other guys have either got offers by somewhere or have gone elsewhere already.
1: Yeah, uh, the last official offer we had out was the Cameron Martin uh, went to Long Beach State. So, um, yeah, it's first time you like you said first time under Brian not signing the guy for early period, but. Um, like we've been talking about, really think they're focusing um, on adding through portal this season and looking to that 2025 because we've started really uh, hit, hitting the 2025. We've seen Jarence and Javon Mamon and Brendan all getting to work on that 2025. Um, we had a visit um, recently for a 2025 guy. It's a 6'8 guy, Jake Nosick. He's a – played for the Illinois Wolves, and I think he plays also on the EYBL Tour with the Nike Mean Streets. Um, Really good player. Um, Like his frame, could be um, pretty good this year um, for his junior season, so interesting to follow him along. He has an offer from Eastern Illinois already, um, but expecting him to be – a high-regarded guy that we can look at. We finally see uh, maybe, I think, this might be the second, maybe third time, but I think it's only second time we've seen Jaren's actually in a visit photo. So Javon Lamont and Brian also in there. So maybe Brendan's out on the road recruiting. But another 2025 guy we were had offered, a, a 6'6 point guard, Dietrich Richardson, offered by Illinois. I think his uncle played in Illinois, so that could end up being a connection if he continues his trajectory. So um a lot of things going on for twenty twenty five and hopefully obviously it's it's early fall on guys and unless unless there's a late decommitment like a Sheridan or something, I highly doubt we add a twenty twenty four uh commit this year. It'll be
0: heavy transfer portal. Agreed and just thinking how Kennard was a year in advance. Sheridan was in May. It was Mother's Day, as we've said, this past year. But you're right. It's only for the guys that was somewhere or were somewhere and then decided and then, yeah, decommitted and then, you know, allowed a little bit of a process before they decide. So it's it's really rare what Sheridan did. And we're obviously lucky to have him. But, yeah, those rare occasions that bled into the summer. So definitely won't happen. and We will definitely be surprised if it does Uh, because we ate at McAllister's with a couple more buddies before the game. I want to say we saw Jake Nosich there, ironically. That must be the new game day spot. It was pretty busy, but I want to say we saw him there. So uh, I guess we got some – we brought some good voodoo for him, and he enjoyed himself at the game. He was there as well. Uh, Yeah, we like Dietrich Richardson, but, again, just like in football, we lost a guy to Illinois, and maybe that will be the case here. And, obviously, as Illinois basketball fans as well, we wouldn't be – Opposed to, but we know uh, SIU needs to start racking up some guys as well. So uh, there's that updates. Yeah, we'll monitor more and more as time goes on. No, let's talk about this Chicago State team. We know we played them last year. It's the 14th meeting between the two, and we have a 12 to one record against them. we were eight no at home against them as well. We we the only loss was on the road, whenever that was, and we know we played them last year. We only won by 11. And that was a team we had then, Um, you know, they entered the game one and three. They just beat USI. But no, that just because I'm trying to remember what the what the final score was only 11. They showed signs and we'll dive into what clearly what their team is this year, what they even don't have on their team this year. Well, you know, in the twins situation, I'll dive into that article I have here. But no, your initial thoughts on this and what we should know about the Cougars heading into this game, playing them now back-to-back years?
1: Yeah, definitely a team where it's – they're an independent, so um, they don't have – they're the only Division One independent team, so they're not in a conference. Um, they thought – like you said, they thought they were getting twins, Matt and Ryan, but they're ineligible for taking part of that um, an overtime elite program. You'll dive a little bit into that, but – um coach gerald gillian is in his third year with the program um has been a struggle bus for them obviously they travel a lot and play a tough schedule did get to see them go on the road and beat a southern Indiana team where our team last year failed to go win a game over there but it's really they're one and three on the year um losing the teams like Bowling Green, Mercer, Cal State Northridge, but they beat USI by 11 on the road. They return a lot of their minutes. Um, they're 39th in the country, and minutes can return from last year, so um, a lot of guys. I mean, obviously, their leading scorer, Wesley Cardia, Cardette Jr., averaging 17 a game. Originally, a four-star recruit out of West Oaks Academy, where we thought we were going to guy from, from there as well, but he chose Sanford over Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, DePaul, teams like that for some reason. Um, I think uh, his he knew their head coach or something, something like that. But um, interesting to see uh, exactly what happens with him. He's a very good player. They returned to Sean Corbett. Saw him last year. Britton Davis, very good player. But just a really athletic team. We saw what we've seen so far the first two games playing some really long athletic teams. and But I think this could be the better of the two we've already played. I think they're, well, obviously they're better than division two team we saw, but I think this team could be better than Queens as well.
0: That's what we've said. And both those teams are kind of even, you know, if this, if this team had those twins, I think they'd be much better than Queens, but um you know, for the fact that they do have Cardet who we had to double check because I wasn't sure and he, he came back. And of course, if he left again, uh, you know, he would have to sit out or look for his own waiver because he is power five good, Uh, had to double check as he was at the combine. He went through the combine process in the NBA this past year. I just remember seeing it on stuff and knowing a Chicago state player. And then it just reminded me, of course, we played them and how we did and he did play well against us last year, but uh, so he's definitely on the top of the scouting report. We were trying to think about what matchups could be. Heck, we'll throw anybody on And We like a couple guys at that spot. But um, this is obviously a team that, yeah, you know, athletic and will slop- Will throw up shots. They're shooting 35.5% from the field. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, they would turn it over. They're averaging 12.5% per game. We like to turn teams over. So obviously it's a good recipe for us going in here. Again, they'd be a lot better if they if they had these twins. And speaking of those twins, yeah, the uh the Booley brothers, 19-year-old twins from Florida, you know, yeah, and, and from two seasons at Overtime Elite, as you said, uh, they're suing the NCA in federal court, alleging they were ruled ineligible because of compensation they received for use of their name, image, and likeness while they were playing at that academy. Uh, you know, and There's their lawsuit argues a lot of things. There was something here about they were seeking damages and injunction that would clear them to play for Chicago state. Clearly this was leading up to what their season was. Clearly they haven't been um, eligible yet. Uh, There was something else here that conflict with the prior decisions involving overtime athletes and the associations, interim NIL policy, as I said, that they're in a, Their ineligibility ruling violates the Illinois Student Athlete Endorsement Rights Act. So a lot of, you know, stuff that they have a lawyer and all the typical stuff we see that gets to this point. So if you know, when you get lawyers, you kind of have you have a better chance in the long run of doing it. But of course, it's not like, you know, they're just and I, I can understand this actually from where they're coming from. We know like Tyler Bay, overtime elite. So a lot of really talented guys trying to make their way here, but a lot are different than others. So again, if they had those guys, they'd be, they'd be really good. Even a you said independent, you know, because they play a lot of other good teams. If they just were to get any chance of being anything in regards to postseason or how they're viewed in general, a win against them if they were at their best could look pretty good. Uh so yeah, that's the time that's the kind of team we can expect uh tomorrow. Noah here, if we were to dive into uh well, you said before this we are 14 and a half point favorites. That's where it kind of deciphered it between them in Queens, six and a half for Queens, fourteen and a half for here if who's better. Uh but you know that seems like an appropriate spread. We were like I said confused on six and a half. We beat them by however much we did. 14 and a half seems right no in this game. Uh your thoughts on that and clearly starting lineup I think we can expect again rotation expected the same. It's just improvement. So no feeding into your dogs of the game of who you like to see play well tomorrow in our final lowly matchup For a while, because we play a lot of good teams here coming up, who would you like to see play well? And then go ahead and give me everything, your predictions and what you would like to see, maybe the crowd amount. We'll try to do that episode to see what the crowd should be for every home game.
1: Yeah, I think last last Friday it was uh, 5,200. So, I mean, on a Friday night and tomorrow's Thursday, if you're getting 5,000-plus and the way the dog pound showed out and did get the – which we talked with our friends. We were sitting there, not sure how they got the 2,000 mark for the dog pound, but it was full, and they got the shave Tim Leonard's head, so that's cool to see. Uh, but expect 5,000-plus again for a good game. And i just like to see – I'd like to see our role players that continue to play well. But uh, I'd like to see Trey Miller – like we talked about, Trey Miller – Um, to get going a little bit. And there's just him and Kennard to continue to just add to this team to be more lethal. I think it will be closer than the 14-and-a-half spread, but maybe we pull away late like I thought we would last game against Queens instead of blowing them out completely.
0: Yeah, I know. It's kind of a game where I I can see it being close at times also uh, just because last year and everything feeding into this year, you just never know. Uh, hopefully we do pull away and, and get it around the 20 mark. We want to keep our margins against these teams looking like that. I was going to say Trey as well, just because, again, you need to see, get the turnovers down, score a little bit. He's averaging one point and 25% shooting. So clearly you just got to improve in a lot of facets, as we have said. Trey is a good pick because we need to be good defensively in this game. I'll go with AJ because – of the uh, Wesley Cardett Jr. reason, if we're going to throw guys on him, it, it is the Anthony's at the start. Could be a little of X. Could be some Trent to make him, uh, you know, to annoy him a little bit. And, obviously, if Kennard's healthy and playing in this game, I'd like to see Kennard on him as well. I'll go with A.J. though, because he will get the starting assignment on him. Again, it's kind of a game where, yeah, hopefully we can get it up 15 to 20. If it's close, so be it. That just shows how Chicago State's actually a pretty talented team. They're going to get up a lot of sloppy shots. Just the same thing as we – Predicted with Queens and, again, all these teams that have nothing to lose coming into your place trying to win uh, 21 straight non-con home Ws, as we've said. Overall, so, yeah, just continued improvement before the big guns come in. We have a massive one of the MTE on the 21st. We can't wait to talk about on the next one when we come to you guys. Surely, over the weekend, perhaps – leading it because we it's a big football weekend, as we know, with a game and then its own selection Sunday. So we'll try to feed in some stuff in the weekend or obviously early next week before, clearly, the MTE. That's when you can see us at that point. So, yes, hopefully we have a, a pretty good crowd again Thursday night or not. Uh Everyone has been showing out. They, they are doing a new scoreboard. It came to our attention. They're doing a new scoreboard. Uh, like picture, even though they had the old one, but that'll come at some point, people have said as well. So they are finally making some changes to Banterra Center. So hopefully to see everybody there tomorrow night, and a hopeful win, let's see some more good things leading up to, like we said, the tough games ahead. So I'm for Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, see you soon, and go dogs.